Hello there and welcome to Trope on a Rope, the show where we x-ray the luggage of Hollywood to see what it's packing before slipping on the blue gloves of chat and a little poke around its most sensitive of cavities. This week we've come to the end of our ascent into the lofty heights of stakes on a plane. High altitude shenanigans, high octane action and high aeroplanes because that's how they work. <laughs> Uh, this week, we're looking at 1996's Executive Decision. And as I promised in the first episode of this series, now I deliver a scene where the main character tries to land a plane by himself. My name's Jeff, and my co-pilot is Mr. Colin Gerard. Word up, you big bastard. Good job with the intro there. That was fantastic. <laughs> you just made my, 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 my shit day just became a little bit brighter, <laughs> and I will continue to spread the sunshine to others that have me. All right, shall I just dive straight into this then? Nosedive, if you will. Executive decision follows the story of Stephen Seagal's Lieutenant Colonel Austin Travis. You know it follows him because he has a badass name and his face is on the box, sometimes. Anyway, a bunch of terrorists take over a plane for various reasons, and it's up to Lieutenant Colonel Austin Travis to save the day. Problem is, he's surrounded by fucking nerds, and you can tell by his face that he can't stand them. But blinded by his hatred, he accidentally falls out of a plane like a chump, leaving the nerds to save the day and get the girl, while he's left to be gravity's bitch. Yeah, I, I actually, I was, I, I gained a lot of respect for Steven Seagal on this movie. I, I totally forgot what happens to him. It is, it is weird because, like, he's on the, he's on the cover of the DVD. Sometimes depends where you buy it. I mean, most most actors like don't don't like to be. Like especially like an A A list. Well, is he A list? He, he was back then, wasn't he? Uh, I think he was. I think he was B. But he was. Pre- he's, he's pretty. He's usually the the main person in his movies, right? Yeah. And then to to be, I don't want to say it for the future. If anyone hasn't seen it, it will ruin the conversation later. But two one for the team. Fair play to you, mate. Even though you're a complete dick in real life. And since I couldn't remember executive decision, I fully expected the last 10 minutes to involve some kind of Aikido-based knife fight. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, that's 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 what you normally expect from him. I was looking, um, because weirdly, I was trying to see, um, I, I wanted to buy this film um, on like Blu-ray or something, but it's like 20 quid, they can fuck off with that. I'll wait until it's six. And it's in a Steven Seagal box set. Like really, he biffs it like at the forty-minute mark, and it's actually a fairly long movie as well. It's like it's over two hours, right? Yeah, it's two hours twenty minutes. This thing, so yeah, no. Uh, and not only is it only two hours long, but the the main the main like a uh, point of the movie starts all like right near the beginning. Yeah, no, it it, it gets it gets on it's get it gets into it quite quickly. What what are your initial thoughts then? Because we kind of crossed into this already. What how do you feel about this movie in general? I, I was I, t- I forgot that they've actually got um, quite quite almost an ensemble cast. They've got even some of the like like the the pilot is someone I, I recognize as soon as I saw him. The the terrorist guy that is not in the movie at all until the, the one that the, the terrorists are trying to save. He's not in at all. He's pretty fucking famous as well. Like everyone, there's lo- there's loads of maybe not the like best actors in the world, but definitely good actors. Uh, it has a lot of the cast in this is uh, proper stacked. I'm yeah. just looking up the uh, looking up the cast to see who the pilot is. Ray Baker. Who's the uh, who's Cap? I, 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 
I've seen him in loads of stuff. I can never remember his name. Cappy. Cappy. So Cappy is Joe Morton. Joe Morton. He's brilliant. He's the captain in Speed. He's the police captain in Speed. Yeah. Um, and he's also Miles Dyson in Terminator 2. Yeah, yeah. The the scientist guy, right? It's got so it's got Steven Seagal, who was oh like not many people knew that he like he's turned out to be a bit of an asshole. Yeah. Um but I mean no one really knew that though, right? No, you didn't know that at the time, but if someone told you, then you'd be like, Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised. Makes sense. <laughs> Apparently he's a bit of a dumb a dumbass as well. Yeah, he's a bit of a dumbass. He's got Kurt Russell in, and this is like a few years after Stargate. Yeah. So he, Bruce, he was uh, on... Jack O'Neill, was it? Yes, he was Jack in that. So he was on a little bit of a... On a... He had disappeared for a while, and then he was coming back for a bit of resurgence as like an action hero. Well, after um, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, had, well, that was he, 80s, he had, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he had disappeared for a while after that. <laughs> I don't think I've seen Big Trouble in Little China. It's a fucking fantastic movie. Is it? <laughs> I will have to try and in in a, in a kind of. I mean, it is, it is because it's so shit. But it's it's a bit like Mystery Men. All right. Okay. You, you you can't hate it, but there's no way to like it either. <laughs> you you've got it's you've got to make a. Is it one of those films where you've got to make a contract of like, I'm going to accept this film for what it is. So let's. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's got early career Halle Berry. Yeah, she's she disappeared after Catwoman, wasn't it? <laughs> Again, <laughs> because of Catwoman, she probably had to disappear for a while. I'm not sure if it's because of Catwoman, but you know she got like the Razzie Awards for worst actress. What really? And uh, most people who get nominated don't go, but like Sandra Bullock got like best actress and worst actress at the same in the same year. For the same movie. No, not the same movie. Although I think that has happened before. Um, uh, and so she turned up at the Razzies. She turned up. Like, she turned up at the Razzies. This is Sandra Bullock. Um, she way. turned up at the Razzies. You know that in America that the children have that little red carts that they pull behind them. It's like a very fifties oh, toy. Yeah, like yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I know you mean. Like a little trailer. Yeah, she had one of them filled with the DVDs of the film that she was nominated for a Razzie for, and she passed them out to all the audience. You get, like, like I, Oprah Winfrey, you get a DVD, you get a DVD, you get a DVD. Fair play. It's That's good. I like that. Halle Berry went on, like, uh, when she when she was nomi- nominated for Catwoman, like, worst actress, she went to the Razzies, and you think, fair play. But she entered into like a borderline drunk rant about how many people had fucked her over to get to it for her to end up in that piece of shit film. And you're watching it and you're thinking, has she burnt a lot of bridges in this speech? Oh, okay. And then is that when she <laughs> is that when she vanished for a while? And then she vanished for a while. So I don't know if it was just the this is just my theory. I don't know if it was just Catwoman or Catwoman plus her speech just burning everyone at the Razzies. Yeah. Who else we got in this film? We got Hassan, who's the main terrorist, is David fucking Suchet. Yeah, David Suchet. Brilliant. It's even got Oliver Platt in it. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love Oliver Platt. David Suchet, who is, I don't know if like people outside of the UK know this, he was Poirot yes. for the longest fucking time. Fucking love Poirot. 
So he's mild man. He's in. He's in Panto right now in Bristol down the road. Really? He's fucking Captain Hook as we speak in some matinee. I would. To- I would totally go and watch that. <laughs> he's a good bad guy as well. Like the, the what was the last movie we did? Was it uh, uh, with the English bad guy? Uh, Passenger fifty seven. Passenger fifty seven. Like he was just like a hat. Like hammed it up way too much, and he couldn't pull off the the quiet sinister thing. Whereas David Suchet does the very gentleman sinister thing really well. The bit where the bit where um, he catches Halle Berry using the phone and just punches her in the face. Well, he slaps the shit out of her and then he pulls a gun on her, like Charles Rain, who was insane. Yeah, that's the kind of bit where he did the weird sexual stuff. Either the weird sexual stuff, or just found some some really convoluted way to make a shit one liner. Whereas David Suchet just fucking looks at her. Didn't even say anything. And he looked like he he, he, looked, he looked fucking insane for a second. Like he was cracking. And they said, no, no, no. Maybe I shouldn't kill everyone today. Yeah, it was, it was so much more intimidating. Just like him just fucking staring her down. Then just going, oh, I'm a creepy bad guy. Did it, did it, did it, oi. And his entire demeanor changes as well. Like just like, yeah. it's like his his veneer of uh, of. Uh, rationality just slips away for a second yeah brilliant brilliant actor you mentioned oliver platt i've always got a fucking soft spot for oliver platt i love oliver platt as well he's he's one of the actors that i I can always remember his name and i'm shit at remembering names he's always like a scientist or a fucking nerd or a senate or or like a politician right those are his normal go-to characters He's never the best at his job. He's always got some kind of foible that makes him not quite competent. Well, so he was the nerdy scientist in Bicentennial Man that made that robot into um, Robin Williams. I've not seen it. It's yeah, don't it is shit. Um, <laughs> he's he's the evil um, chief of staff in Twenty Twelve. He's in the West Wing as well at some point. Yeah. Um, but he's also he's in. Um, that the brilliant and the best, in my personal opinion, version of um, the Three Musketeers. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, I God, he is, isn't he? He's the uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Porthos. That's the one, Porthos. 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 I, was thinking, Porthos. I was thinking. I was about to say Bluto. And I was like, no, that's fucking Popeye. <laughs> so, and like he's in that cast. He's with with um, Tim Curry and and Charlie also Sheen amazing. and oh, Kiefer yeah. Sutherland. And Chris O'Donnell for some reason. <laughs> Spot the let's play a game of odd one out. And he plays Porthos, and Porthos normally in um Three Musketeers, mainly because of the name, he's always like a portly, like he's the biggest, the fat, the fat drink, uh, the overweight drinker. Like Oliver Oliver Reed would play in or something like that. In that one, um Oliver Platt, he's like yeah, he's an alcoholic. Yeah, he's slightly bigger than the others, but he's like a fucking Lothario. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah, completely. I'm on board with this. Oh, the the the, 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 the you. I bet you recognised as soon as you saw him the the police the police cop the police cop the policeman police is police cop <laughs> coming soon on NBC. <laughs> police cop man. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, the the guy that was on the plane, the undercover cop. As soon as I saw him. I, I, I don't know who the fuck he is, but I recognise him from loads of stuff. I think even the politicians and stuff, and the and the advisors, like the main the main guy, the president. I didn't didn't know who that was. Didn't recognise him, but 
Right, that's the Secretary of Defense, um, not the President. But then the senator on the plane as well. He's he's really famous. Right. J.T. Walsh is uh, Senator Jason Mavros. Yeah. Yes. He was in a fucking... T- he sadly, he's, he, he died a few, um, he? 10 years ago by now. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, no, he was he was a that guy. You're like, oh, that guy. Um, like, a bit like Joe John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo is not a that guy. Yeah, that's true. Everyone knows who he is. He's fantastic. I love John... I'm not going to say his name. I'm just going to say Joe from now because I always say it wrong. But yeah, JT Walsh is one of the, those that guys. Those that guys. That's a hard sentence to say. Where you um, and he's always a bastard. Yeah, I've never seen him be like a good guy in anything. Or he, yeah. even if even if he is slightly a good guy, he's still a bit of a dick about it. Uh, who else is in this film? Uh, B D Wong is in this film. B D Wong. Who the fuck is that? So he is one of the team that goes on the plane. He's he plays Louie. He's the guy from Jurassic Park. He is the scientist, um, Doctor Wu. Oh, I know, I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. He's the one who explains that all the dinosaurs are girls. <laughs> but there, have you seen the Jurassic World trilogy? The Jurassic World trilogy. What? Am I just am I seriously breaking this bad news to you? Yeah, <laughs> there are three Jurassic World films. I thought I and I'm gonna be honest. I thought there was one. Yeah, sadly, there's three. Um, Shit. He he's in them as well, and his character from the first one, where he's like the nice scientist who just explains stuff. He's like the bad guy in Jurassic World because he becomes a mad scientist with great hair, by the way. Who keeps making all the hybrid fucked up dinosaurs? And at the end of every film, he's running towards a helicopter with a briefcase full of <laughs> with a briefcase full of research and money and the little d- DNA things. Yeah, as he escapes the latest thing that he's caused. So yeah, he's he's got a wild story arc in that film. Whereas in this film, he spends most of it chewing gum. Yeah, and uh, giving his opinion. I agree. <laughs> he doesn't does he actually do anything maybe he shoots someone at some point does he does he die i can't remember if he died no he doesn't die no he sh- he finds the bomb and he shoots a terrorist on the plane and the terrorist dies whilst f- shooting his own gun which causes the ah. hole that blows in the side of the plane yeah good job mate so that was technically his fault oh uh, that was that's what i was gonna say about this movie as well uh this movie ends like five times. This is the gift that keeps on giving. So, and now we have another crisis. Oh fuck! That, and another crisis. Well, that's all. <laughs> that's definitely the end now. And another crisis. <laughs> and uh, one last thing about what, what I think of the movie in advance is, I do like that they set up things far enough in the past in the movie, like far enough to the, mm. towards the beginning of the movie that you forget about them. They go, oh yeah, I forgot that guy had hit a gun. <laughs> This this film, before we get into it, this film is I've always liked this film. Yeah, it's been one of my comf- it's a, it's a comfort movie for me. When I was young, I always put it on in the background. Like if I was doing like if I had like something that I had to do, I put it on in the background. And then by the by the time they're on the plane, I've stopped the thing that I was doing and I'm just watching the film. Yeah, it's the best procrastination tool in the universe. It is also it's on a list, and we mentioned this last time. Um, about it's on a list of diehard clones. It's not a diehard clone. I agree. 
because I think to be a diehard clone, you have to start. They if they started on the plane, then it's a diehard clone. If it wasn't a team of people saving the day, it might be a diehard clone. Indeed. But I will tell, there is one bit in it, and I mentioned it later. The bit where J.T. Walsh, the senator, gets shot. Oh, yeah. Now, that reminds me of the KK guy. That does, yeah. The Coca-Cola guy from fucking yeah. Die Hard. Yeah, it's like... A, and the, <laughs> the cocaine guy. He was obviously... On cocaine, cocaine guy, yeah, yeah. And Coca-Cola. <laughs> I love that character. <laughs> this is radio, Bobby, not TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so oh god, it's so 80s. It's so unbelievably 80s. <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes for this and IMDb are pretty pretty close, by the way. Um, IMDb is 6.5 and Rotten Tomatoes is 63%. So it's pretty much the same. Hmm. Seems a bit low. I mean, like it's not it's not obviously not a masterpiece that deserves a nine out of ten, but I don't know, 60. I know, I know, I know. It's not high art, and I there's some bits that are ridiculous in it. But I'm just like, this is fun. It's harmless fun. Good fucking movie. Right. The film starts. Um, the film starts with the with the with the attack. Right. How does it start, Jeff? Uh, the attack on on like a Chechen mafia safe house to recover some poisonous gas or something. It's called DZ five. DZ five. Yeah. Some. And, uh, Neurotoxin. Yeah, neurotoxin that just kills you, basically. Um, and um, Steve Zagal and his team go in. Collins, character called Collins, who's part of the team, he biffs it straight away. And um, they find what is essentially an empty room with like a pallet leaning up against a wall. There was literally no reason for Collins to, to biff it. There was no reason for anyone to die. It was only introducing the team. And it was not like later, they're like, God, I missed Tom Collins. If only he was here. Like, he shouldn't have even been in the movie at all. Now, other, okay, other than to point out that terrorists are bad. In fact, I don't think that you needed to introduce the team at all. I think oh, yeah. a different scene should have been here, and we'll get to that in a minute. But one of the worst things about this scene, and it happens throughout this film, the text on screen. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 12.30am. <laughs> They give so much. Yes, they give a time of day. We don't need to. And they tell you what it is, where it is, the time of day, um, who's in charge of the operation. Like they name Colonel Colonel Major Lieutenant Colonel Austin Travers. Like fuck, we don't need get, to know. Who don't even know his name. We really don't need to know his name, do we? Yeah, I think it's just the number of people on his team or something like that. And it's like it's green uh, and what they're doing. And then when they find the empty room, it comes up again and says mission failed. And like I know, I saw because in the next scene, when uh, the next scene is um, Doctor David Grant um, f- flying a PhD, we know this because it says on the screen it says three months later. So I don't care if it's three months later. Three months, two seven, <laughs> two this. It says Doctor David Grant. He's just flying a little plane. It says Doctor David Grant, PhD. Some of it, and says where he works as well. But it's in a different font than the previous one. Breastfed as a child. Breath- <laughs> Enjoys long walks on the beach. <laughs> oh dear. Um, family family man. Two children. Anywho. <laughs> Blood type. Um, <laughs> just in case. Just in case. And so yeah, it's in a different font as well. It's in it's in white normal text not computery text like the first one was but it still has the 
<laughs> noise going with it. So I don't, I don't, I don't know why they keep doing this. Yeah, because like it, it, it reminds me of any movie that just tells you useless information or just can't be bothered to have it be worked out via the medium of a conversation that they're in in California. Do you watch movies on TV much in Japan? Yeah. That are just playing naturally on television? No. So do you know about this thing where, where if if a foreign movie is playing on TV in Japan, like Harry Potter, if they're playing like Harry Potter and Philosopher's Stone or whatever, and it's just on um, Channel 7 or whatever the fuck. Right. When a new character comes on screen for the first time, it says their name and who's playing them over the top. Really? Like Hermione Granger will come up and it will say in Katakana, Hermione Granger, and then Emma Watson in small writing underneath it. And it does it for every character, every time a new character comes on screen, no matter what film it is. But it's always just Western films. That's weird as fuck. So, yeah, it reminded me of that. Like, I know lots of films do this thing where they have like an establishing shot of something famous. Yeah, and it happens in this film a lot as well, where they show like the Capitol building, and then underneath it's like Washington <laughs> DC. Yeah, we know it's the fucking we'll Capitol building. We'll show Big Ben or something and go London, England. Yeah, we know. <laughs> but this and, one goes and for... with, with Big Ben. He'll say, "He'll uh, say London, England." Yeah, we know it's London, England. It's fucking Big Ben, twelve thirty. I know it's a fucking clock. <laughs> it says it on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> But this one, it tells you the names of the two main characters, and I haven't seen that in a film before. Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't you don't see that happen very often. I don't know yeah. why they do it either, because they're obviously we're going to work out their names. It's weird as fuck. Anyway, he's flying his little plane, right? He's getting instructions on on how to fly the uh, how to fly a plane, and apparently he can fly a real plane in real life, Kurt Russell. It's very impressive. Uh, like it's handed over to him to 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 land it, and he's like doing all the all the things and checking everything. And it's like, oh, what am I forgetting? You're forgetting to fly the plane. That will come in handy later. Yeah, see, that's a, little, a bit like the gun that was hidden. This is one of those little hidden nuggets that you kind of forget about until it yeah. reveals itself later. <laughs> <laughs> it cuts to the c- t- cuts to the uh, airfield that he's landing at, and it says Frederick Field, Maryland. Do we really need to know? Not really, no. The name of the specific small airport from which he flies. He does land that. That's where he lands the big plane later. Yeah. Yeah, because even when he lands the big plane later, he doesn't go, oh my God, look, it's uh, Maryland, uh, Franklin Airfield. And you go, oh, I remember where that was. That's where he used to train. And he doesn't say that, so you don't need it. He says, oh, that's my airport. Because that's all you need to say, but we don't need to know the fucking name. Um, his his pilot teacher he uh, says, "Look, you can go up by yourself." Um, but then, like a big black SUV turns up, and like people, and a woman steps out, I believe, with a phone in her hand or something. I and don't says, "David, it's happened." And then it cuts to this like black and white, like jaggedly edited kidnap scene of. Sayer, El Sayed Jaffa. Oh, yeah. That's really weird. Yeah, right? Really fucking weird. Because, like, I, I actually forgot that that character existed until he turned up yeah. on the airplane land. That entire scene, if you watch it, like, the number of scenes and the number of, like, things that happen in it, you're like, 
it would have taken them ages to actually shoot this because there's yeah. a car chase in it there's a gun battle in 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 a church at a wedding um there's fighting in uh corridors and shit it's car crashes for a re- re- relatively pointless fucking scene as well that's a lot of effort I th- I think that this was a big full scene by itself, and I think that this was going to. This is my theory that it was going to be the first scene of the film. Oh, no. but then they replaced it with the let's introduce Steven Seagal instead. Maybe, maybe Steven Seagal needed more money. He's like, no, I'm not doing it for money in this one fucking scene. Yeah, introduce my team or something. So it's weird. It seems like it should have been in the film more properly than it is. Or not at all. Also, I will tell you, <laughs> because we've been talking about this text on screen thing so much, I've just thought about the fact that they show amazing restraint by not telling you where this is in the world. This is the one scene that you that you'd actually want. <laughs> That's a really good fucking point. Um, anyway, Grant, Doctor David Grant, he is sat in the ni- in the most nineties intelligence office you've ever seen in a film. Yeah, true. This this film does just like shout nineties at you. They're watching a CNN clone on big CRT TVs. Like they've got a video wall, but it's only got like three tellies embedded into it. Yeah, <laughs> none of this. None of this good technology. Big like thick black bordered TVs. The big t- <laughs> okay. <laughs> Elizabeth, I, I, when I saw, it, I thought, I thought it looked more like a, like a newsroom or something. Uh, yeah, the beige computers. Remember beige computers, big ass desktop thing. I do remember. Yeah, no. <laughs> remember when we picked that color for technology for some reason? Was this pre, pre, uh, this was pre-internet? Early days internet, probably. Because yeah, I, I, I seem to remember all, all of them. You know, I know it's an obvious what I'm about to say, but all of the the high the high high class technology. They have. Mm. I just. I love it. It's like watching pong. Yes, <laughs> they've got. Um, uh, he has a. Uh, well, she's like giving the. Uh, uh, the girl. Uh, the woman from the car is like they're talking. Basically, they're just talking about what happened in the previous black and white jumpy scene. That he sat at his desk, and on the desk there's a beige computer with a black screen with green text. Yeah, I remember those. Just going and going and going, and then just scrolling up. I'm just like, oh fucking hell, that's. I remember those days. Damn, that's nineties. MS DOS, yeah, late late MS MS DOS. There's, um, I think they use like a very old version of Macintosh for a lot of this, Um, like the white, proper like white brick square windows. Not not a not a curved corner in sight. Near a bevel on nothing. It's futuristic technology. Has to be sharp. (laughs) He turns he turns up on the plane later. He's got a laptop which they connect all the like the video feeds to. He turns up with a laptop, but it comes in a suitcase. And looking back, you're like, oh, is it like military equipment? That's why it's like a suitcase size. It's like, no, it's just a laptop from the nineties. Like that like the football that they use. To... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's no it's but... shit laptop in a in a suitcase. Yeah, he just opens it up, it's just a Dell, if anything. <laughs> Where's in a suitcase? Easier to carry. Battery, battery compartment. <laughs> it cuts to Athens, Greece, because it tells you on screen. Um, it's also it also says ten days later in brackets. 
And then there's a, it shows a quick like establishing shot of a plane landing, and I'm surprised it didn't just go airport <laughs> plane. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, so, yeah, everyone's getting on board the plane. By the way, the air stewardesses. One of them is I did write it down. Uh, uh, Halle Berry. It's Halle Berry's one of them. Um, the other one is I recognize. Uh, in fact, let me guess. Uh, I think I know who it is. Uh, was she uh, fuck Kim Cattrall? Kim Cattrall? No. Oh, you're thinking of Alison? No, she's someone else. Um, I don't know her name. Ah, no. One of them is Mara Maples. I don't know who that is. She is. Donald Trump's second wife. He must have liked this movie too. Indeed, he's so. We then cut to London, England. We know because there's a close establishing shot of a red double-decker bus. After the London double-decker bus, it also it cuts to the front of the Marriott Hotel London. I, so by, it by says the, it on the hotel. By the way, I do I do love the the establishing shots that they do in movies like this, where it's just like a picture of Big Ben. Double decker bus, uh, marmite, yeah, <laughs> cups of cups of tea, people drinking in pubs. By the way, this is England. Oh, this thanks. This piece of this piece of music, dun 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 dun. <laughs> Just <laughs> randomly the picture of the Queen. Those guys with the big big tall bushy hats. By the way, we're in England. That thanks thanks. Either or, either tell me or show me. Don't do both. <laughs> So in London, England, at the Marriott Hotel in London, England, and then it goes and tells you exactly where it is in London, England. Um, it's bombed by by it's bombed by a guy during the dinner service, which is rude. It, it, he's a hen. It's bombed by the henchman from Crocodile Dundee Two. Yeah, I had I had a note of that as well. <laughs> I was hoping I was, I was hoping I get to bring that up. Also, the the woman at the 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 reception desk is a blonde woman who follows him in and goes, excuse me, sir, excuse me. Mm-hmm. She is porn star uh, Magdalene St. Michael. I have no idea who that is, but okay. Is she famous? Yeah, yeah. at the time, yes, right. I assume. <laughs> People had to wait yeah. 25 minutes to load up one of the pictures. Uh, this, no, this was like uh, VHS. <laughs> oh, okay, that is. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, back on the plane, David Suchet changed. It's the plane's in the sky now, and David Suchet changes out of his dumb disguise, and him and his men move into position. Um, they very, Alan, very, uh, very easily smuggle some very naughty things onto the plane as well, without any yes, problems at all. As you said, they've got they've got these um, easily smuggled on weapons, a bomb as well, right? What, what? And, a, and a bomb, best smugglers ever. They like normally when they smuggle like guns like they take the guns apart and then the those parts are then disguised as other things like parts of a camera or something like that but in this they're just disguised as parts of a gun yeah and hidden in a, new, <laughs> a newspaper yeah to hide it from the from the metal detector issue what's this well it's not a gun because gun has a has a trigger so I'll, you can have that anyway as they're getting into position um halle berry is talking with allison and um Alison has just been just got engaged, and Halle Berry gives her a present, and in the present is one of those cake toppers with the couple. because oh. she, she dies like five seconds later. She gets um she goes down to the galley, and then someone else just goes down to the galley and kills her straight away. Yeah, why do they kill her? 
<clears throat> like she's like only like f- mm, how many people die in this film? I'd say six people die in this film, yeah. not counting the terrorists. By the way, they they take the plane. The only person who dies is Allison. Charles Rain, who is not insane, by the way, um, <laughs> he he'd killed four people by this point. Yeah, he was a mad dog. Also, they've not shot anyone. They've all got guns, but they've not used them yet. Which is good because they would have been heard and then still would have been able to take over the plane. You know, you can't really use guns in planes unless you're Charles Rain, who did it with abandon. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Should the air marshal have done something? No. So you agree with his actions? Hide his gun, hide his badge. I think, I think, I think hiding his gun and hiding his bag was a extremely clever. Because, like, although he doesn't actually do it until late, it, he's waiting for an opportunity where he can do something that would actually be effective. Mm. But yeah, like, I, I don't think that if, anything he tried to do in that situation would have been completely pointless. There's six of them; they've all got guns. He would maybe not take out one or two of them, and then they would still have control of the plane, and they they would he wouldn't have like a hidden ace up his sleeve. Yeah, because Halle Berry hides the manifest because the manifest says that there's a the, that he's a armed air marshal. Yeah, it's, again, it's for, the, for the same reason to keep him secret, so they got an ace in, ace in the hole. All right, so they've taken the plane now, so we have to cut back to Washington D.C. There's a, a establishing shot of the Capitol building, but still we get Washington D.C. Just in case we forgot. So Grant, Grant, he's at this fundraiser for something, and he's he's wearing a tux. His macking game is fucking off. Yeah. Um, do you like hockey? Is not usually my my go to line, to be honest. Yeah, and he's <laughs> and she, like he goes to like the only woman. Like, there's only six, three people at this event anyway. He goes to the only woman that's there. Opens with his hockey line, and then immediately before she's even like finished, he's reaching into his jacket to get the tickets out. Actually, I forgot the fir- his first opening line is actually uh, what was it? He goes over and gives her a drink. And says, "Look, looks like you need one of these." What am I an alcoholic? <laughs> Do I look pissed <laughs> off? It's, Why, it's did not, you see me scratch? Did you see me scratching? Uh, it's not, it's not, the, not the best opening line. Do, would you like a drink? <laughs> would you like a drink? May have been slightly better. He gets called into a meeting with the Secretary of Defense, and everyone makes fun of the fact that he's wearing a tux, which he wears for slightly too long in this film. Um, yeah, he even takes his tie off. Yeah, that, okay, I agree with the tie part. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have suggested he ran around naked. But... And they go through what's happened on the plane whilst Seagal is just undressing him with his eyes. Yeah, he looks really pissed off at him. Yeah, it sure. turns out that when they went to that house at the beginning of the film, they were in, using intelligence that Grant had given them and that um, they think Grant was wrong and it was never there and Grant thinks that they were late. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. Steven Seagal has this uh, his main character trait, I think, other than being a bit macho, is he is extremely passive aggressive. He won't even talk to people. He just kind of whispers in someone else's ear, and then doesn't say anything. And then eventually, yeah. the the guy the, the guy goes, "If you got something to say, share it with the class." And he goes, "Well, we could do this. What is your problem?" That general he whispers to at the meeting. He's in. Um... The Thing. Okay. I can't remember his name, but he's in The Thing with Kurt Russell. Huh. He's the guy whose head turns into a spider. Nice. So that's him. Also, later in the film, um, when the when the uh, 
when the fighter planes uh, ordered the plane to land at a different airport, yeah, the uh, the the name of the airport, I think it's like Thule or something like that, which is the name of the base in the thing. Huh. So they bring up how to get onto the plane, and they bring up this idea like Cahill, who is Oliver Platt's character, he's got this plane with like a little like concertina like tube that you can travel from one plane to another um, through this little tube. Um, and even though it's Seagal's idea, even during the meet when Cahill's on the the hugest laptop you've ever seen in your life, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, giving the rundown of what's happened, he's still sat there like, "You fucking nerd!" <laughs> right there in your fucking cardigan. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think to a certain extent, uh, Steven Seagal's slightly pissed off that he had to be in like a five percent of this movie. I should be the main guy. I'm only in it if you'll put me on the fucking DVD box cover. All right. You can have a DVD box cover, Stephen. In some territories. Yeah, so the problem is that this thing was built to to link with other aircraft that are built specifically to be able to be linked with, whereas this is trying to link with a passenger jet that's not designed to be boarded whilst in the air. And uh, Steven Seagal, thinking that he's a bit of a smart ass, he goes, "Well, Grant has to come with us because he has to I I think he, for intelligence purposes, like he has to ID Hassan or something like that." Do you think that he did that? Obviously, he did it to just to piss off Kurt Russell. But do you think he yeah. he did it assuming that Kurt Russell would go, "No, I can't go," and then he could call him a pussy? Oh, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> and then and then Steven Seagal would be able to say, "See, he's just a fucking pussy." But he did. He actually said yes, <laughs> and he's like, "Damn it." Okay, I'll get you. I'll get you later. It's no worries. I just want to take this opportunity to say Hassan has hijacked the plane because he and he demands his demand is that they release Jaffa, who was yeah. the guy who was arrested in the black and white jumpy f- footage at the beginning. Yeah. During the meeting with Grant and Secretary of State, Grant says that Jaffa was probably arrested like he was set up by Hassan. Yeah, to be arrested, to be arrested, so that Hassan could take control. Yeah. yeah? So why are they in, why are they hijacking the plane? Oh, because you you find out later in the movie. They 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 know that uh, most of the people in America don't know that he set them up. Their assumption is that America thinks that they want to save him. He, that he didn't set them up, and he was just caught. So his plan is he wants to bomb America. It's got nothing to do with that guy. That's why he's so late, later in the movie. He doesn't even think about. He, he talks to him on the phone. He's like, and he's like, yes, he's free, brilliant, great. But we're still in a fucking bomb place because that's my actual goal. You were just, you were just kind of part of it. Right. So basically, what's happened is David Suchet's character has set up that guy purely. Yeah. He, he doesn't want that guy to be in prison because he he's basically on his own side. But he's set that up as part of a plan so he can use him as a as a bargaining chip. To to uh, to bomb America. Yeah. So if that guy doesn't get released, he doesn't really care that much. But he would prefer him to be released. But ultimately, whatever that guy wants or says or does doesn't really matter either. Because what he really wants is to bomb America. If his if his sole purpose is to bomb America, why hijack the plane? Because you've got the bomb on the plane already. 
and you're sat on the plane and you've got the bus you control the button that sets off the plane if you didn't hijack the plane and call attention to it no one would have tried to stop it okay although everything i said was accurate that is a fucking good point <laughs> I, I, th- I think i think i think what i just said his plan was is is correct but you're right his plan is pretty stupid he could have just sat on the plane yeah fair enough <laughs> Even if you wanted to do the release, like if it, if it, because it's only a theory from Grant that he got Jaffa arrested. So maybe yeah. he does generally want Jaffa to be released. Why doesn't he, he use the, uh, get on the plane and hijack the plane to get Jaffa released? And then the bomb guy who was just random, they don't even realize he's on the plane and the bomb itself just be on a second plane. But yeah, that is a good point. That no one is looking for. Actually, that would be that would actually even be a, a better plan as well, because he could have hijacked our plane, and this other yeah. one, yeah, the bomb guy. Nobody, not even the team that was on the plane, knew who the bomb guy was until. So basically, you use the uh, use the plane as both a way to get get your friend out of jail and a decoy. And a decoy, yes. So they're searching the wrong plane, and then just a random. I mean, I assume because of all of this, they would close down the airspace and stuff like that. But maybe, maybe we shouldn't we shouldn't release this podcast. It might give terrorists ideas. I know this isn't a terrorist handbook. This is we're talking about the film executive decision. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very very good point there. Yeah, I didn't think of that at all. What was I saying? Oh yeah, they meet. They, he meets the team with like um, uh, Johnny Legs and um, and. Uh, bd wong and all that shit and johnny legs goes oh uh, who's this 007 <laughs> good, good one joe good one man that's clever because he he looks like yeah in john leguizamo's um autobiography he talks about this film and how much of an asshole steven seagal was yes i like it <laughs> i like johnny legs there, there there's a story that in a kind of like semi-method kind of a way, because Steven Seagal plays their commanding officer, he kind of became acted like he was in command of him. He acted like he was in so on. Like the first day, he walked in and he just went, "Right, I'm in. I'm in command. What I say goes." And John Leguizamo just went, "Yeah, right. Whatever." You're in. Five, you're in five minutes of the movie, mate. Uh... <laughs> He grabbed John Leguizamo and shoved him up against the wall, and they had a bit of a fight. And yeah, they had a massive. Did he use his Aikido skills? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. So yeah, they had they had a bit of beef. En route, they get on the plane, and en route, they run through the plan, the connection scene, the scene where they connect the two planes. They link up, and like it's a good scene, and like I like it when they get a bit of turbulence when the when the big plane starts to pull up and the pilot on the other one's like, oh shit, they're pulling up. I'm going up with them. It's a really good scene. Yeah. But the team themselves are shit at climbing ladders. And doing things quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like what's his name? Uh Cappy. Uh when he yeah. when he when he goes unconscious and he's like hanging down the chute. Yeah. Like it takes him a really long time to realize that Cappy's not trying to get come back up. Yeah. Uh, if they'd just gone, Cappy, you're right. I think he might be unconscious. Pull him up. Then that then then Steven Seagal wouldn't have died. Like they're ch- trying to cl- climb past him, and Grant goes up. 
Yeah, like Grant, Grant goes up so that he can pull him into the airplane, right? Yeah. There's already three people in the fucking airplane. Why aren't they pulling him into the airplane at this point? Because they're in the airplane too busy falling against important equipment and breaking it <laughs> inside the avionics bay. They're too busy doing that. Okay, so they've got an excuse. <laughs> have an excuse. Well, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be fucking falling into the like. Why are they falling into the equipment anyway? It's not like the just fucking pick up the the guy from the shoot. So Cappy's upside down and they pull him up and they're like even like Steven Seagal tries to climb up and they're like, oh, the fucking seal is breaking. We're fucked. Like the one they've got that little cap thing that covers the button that tells the pilots of the main plane that the door's open, but they keep dropping it every five fucking seconds. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's quite an important part of the planet. This is what keeps us unknown. There's a bit where like Steven Seagal dies because at some point he just falls off the ladder for no fucking reason whatsoever. Yeah, although he does heroically sacrifice himself, to be fair. His body just fucking cartwheeling out of the chair. Yeah. <laughs> it, is one of the, it is one of the best scenes I've ever seen in the movie. Brilliant. It, uh, he becomes gravity's bitch, but yeah, it's almost farcical how much they fuck up going up a ladder. Yeah. And also how <laughs> qui- how quickly they get over the death of, death of their boss. Yeah, yeah, because what is it? Johnny Legs, he becomes he he takes command. Yeah, and he's not a dick about it either. No, do, do they actually mention um, the, the the death? They, they they I think they mourn for about two seconds. Everyone looks a little bit morose for about five seconds, and then they go right. Let's get on with the mission. He's gone now. Fuck it. I I don't I don't think it's the fact that they just go well. Fuck it. We got something to do. I think they sat there thinking about it. But then the co-pilot comes to check the room. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because the yeah. alarm is going off. And that's yeah. why they snap out of it. Very, um, very calm co-pilot as well. Very calm co-pilot. I would have fucking shit my pants. <laughs> oh, there's a dude in this room where there shouldn't be dudes in rooms. Just with his finger to his lips. And the dude in the room just says, be quiet, and points to more dudes in the room. Who have guns. Who have <laughs> guns and shit. I tell you what, though, when they are sat and for a moment, and they're like, "Oh shit, we're stuck on this plane," and they take that moment to go, "Fucking Steven Seagal is dead." You know what would have been great at the moment, like that very quiet moment, <laughs> just a subtitle that came up and went, "Plane." <laughs> <laughs> John Leguizamo, he takes command. He's not a dick about it. He he listens to he takes uh, takes um, he listens to what other people have to say. Um, Cahill has a mini freak out. Where it's like maybe we should just hand ourselves in. He said, "Don't do that. That would um, that would that would be productive." Okay, well, yeah, good idea. How, how would that help anything? Cappy's bust is back or something. I can't remember what happens uh, to Cappy exactly. He said his C seven uh, like spine has been dislodged. Oh, his spine there, um, and uh, so he's fucked. They've left half of their stuff on the other plane. And they broke something in the avionics bay, which means that one of the, uh, the co-pilot comes down and checks checks it out. Um, yeah, which actually turns out to be a blessing in disguise. Yes, but it turns out that they've got a few hours to find the bomb. They've got about because because um, Washington yes. don't know if they made it or not. Yeah, because that's that's what that's what they that's what they left in the planes. The uh, a bit of the equipment to contact them. Also, like they had explosives and a bunch of other shit to, that they needed that they don't. So they have to slightly improvise now. So they've got, I think they say they've got like four hours and change to, to, to find the bomb and survey the cabin and find out 
Has, who Hassan is. Three, three hours three hours and yeah. change, I believe. They've got to find out who Hassan is, but not even Grant knows what he looks like. Yeah, he's only he's only got, he's only seen him in a photograph when he was a child, so he doesn't know how well he's aged. But he re- he will recognize his voice apparently. They run around. They run around the build. Uh, they run around the building. They uh, they crawl around all the little bit. And again, like we mentioned last time, like there's a lot of like extra space in these planes with a lot of random cargo. It's not as bad as Passenger Fifty Seven. Yeah, it's not. They got a lot less room. Uh, they're drilling holes and shit, and then they're putting those like bendy cameras. Back now, and it goes up right next to that guy's foot. Also, they stick those cameras through the holes really far. Yeah, they're like three inches out. Don't they notice anything? I noticed that, like, when we talked about like pre- previous films, especially um, Red Eye, none of the passengers do anything when they see weird shit. Yeah. When Halle Berry's in the galley and she's looking into the um, into the uh, into the elevator, yeah, when she sees Grant in the elevator and she's like looking down and going, "Well, that was fucked." Like the there's there's a passenger in the background who's just like side eyeing her the whole time. Like fuck, she doing what the fuck? Stop doing it! And then like later when she's like doing the stuff to the camera and stuff like that, like the same passenger's like fucking stop it. Yeah. So do they see? Do they see these things? Which is like don't say anything. Don't look directly at it. But there's like a black worm thing that's like sneaking out of a hole in the ceiling of a plane. Did I mention this? <laughs> Do I mention to them? the terrorists? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, while all that bollocks is going on, Louis BD Wong is in is in the in the cargo hold with like the thing from Ghostbusters looking for um the bomb, looking for the bomb. I can't remember what that, what it's called in the uh, in Ghostbusters. But I know what you mean. Whilst they're setting up the cameras, yeah, Grant. This is where I made my note. Grant is like setting up the camera feeds for the most. 90s computer you've ever fucking seen <laughs> and like labeling all labeling everything yeah like a fucking brick of a laptop as well <laughs> rat he says oh i can't he he listens to like two conversations and it's like i don't know if that's a sound i don't think it's a sound and then rat gives up completely and says right just fucking come up here and have a look for yourself and he goes which i don't know why he does that so quickly and he goes up um but he takes his shoes off and then rat's like oh, i hope the smell doesn't give us away <laughs> I do like I do like Joe. Joe makes a lot of, lot of uh, random, quite good one-liners in this. John Leguizamo, in his autobiography, which I might get for Christmas now, uh, he he um, he said that he ad-libbed a load of lines and that that one specifically pissed off Kurt Russell. <laughs> um, that makes me really happy that they actually ad-libbed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Another good reason to fucking like him. He's obviously a funny guy. There's a bit that what he's going down. Halle Berry sees him in the elevator through the elevator door window, and then Hassan starts talking to her, and she covers for him. But like, like really, really, but like really obviously hiding the the window of the door. But Hassan picks it up because Hassan checks. Checks yeah. because she really obviously hides it. Because she's starting to walk away. He starts to walk away, and then he stops. And then he's just like, "No fucking move!" Doesn't say anything. Just moves her with her hand with his hand. And then looks down, and it's and a great above. shot where he's and John Leguizamo is up above. Yeah, yeah. No, no, so, <laughs> and he just goes, oh. <laughs> nothing to see here. <laughs> I, 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 I do like, I do like the bit where where she checks the elevator just afterwards. 
and it's all been sealed up back to normal. She's like, what the fuck? Did I imagine it? That's what that's when I noticed the passenger in the back corner. Oh, really? I, I know just going, what the fuck are you doing now? <laughs> she finds though, she that scene, she's going through his pockets, she just finds his jacket on the side. <laughs> it's, it's, he, has, he has a really po- pointless drawing. Yes, he's got a fucking child's drawing of Washington DC with like a blast radius in crayon. It's <laughs> just like boom. <laughs> yeah, we know we know what bombs do. <laughs> you fucking moron. What purpose does this serve? The the thing is that they the about a minute later they find the actual bomb and the bomb's fucking huge because they've always they've gone from the assumption that this bomb is for Washington DC. Yeah, but they look at the bomb and go. This is fucking huge. This is going to wipe out the whole of the eastern seaboard. So your child's drawing is wrong. It isn't accurate as well. (laughs) (laughs) And also, by the way, by the way, in in the little book that she gets the little drawing out of, right? And he unfolds it as the the crayon drawing of a of a blast zone that, which is obviously obviously wrong. Not only that, but there's there's actually there's actually like three more pieces of paper because he doesn't realize that she's found the picture because there is more similar pieces of paper in there yeah she only sees that one drawing what are the other drawings of <laughs> yeah right what's the rest of the book about because he's later when the senator comes up to him um if i'm remembering this correctly when the senator comes up to him later to offer his services as a senator he's just sat and he's reading that little book his little notebook and also why why is he reading it why is he reading it? Did he forget the plan? Does he have re- like really advanced dementia? Is it, why am I on the plane again? Oh yeah, yeah, bombing, bombing Washington. I remember. Or he's just looking at it. It's just like a list, and it's like step three question mark, step four profit, and he's just like, <laughs> what is step three? <laughs> <laughs> um, they yeah, so they find the palm. The uh, Cahill. They decided Cahill, who had a fucking nervous breakdown earlier. He'll help Cappy disarm the bomb because Cappy's job is to disarm the bomb. But Cappy's is is Cappy is Cappy uh, awake yet? He, he's awake, but he can't move. Yeah, he's got that duct tape holding his head down. Anyway, they did de- they deactivate the bomb, or so they think. This happens a couple of times. They deactivate something, but then it turns out that there's something else. It's like a fail safe over a fail safe over a fail safe. It happens a few times during this fucking. The film. gift that keeps on giving as well. A bit like the movie. They deactivate the bomb, or so they think, and they're about to the they're about to storm the plane, trying to storm the plane to get Hassan and take back control of the plane. They've decided that Grant has to be part of the storm team, so they give him a shotgun. Yep, on a plane. Yep, because shotguns are notoriously extremely accurate. They they just hit only what you want it to hit. That's that's why that's a good idea. Yeah, John Leguizamo says there's no way that you'll miss with that, just point and shoot. And it's like, yeah, yeah because yeah. everything in front of you will die. Yeah, and also, yeah, like including the plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're about to they're about to storm the plane, but when that's when the bomb starts to make random fucking noises. And it turns out Palm Pilot guy uh has a switch that can just detonate the bomb. And o- and also like check on its status. Yeah. Which why does it does he check the status? <laughs> What does it come up on the screen of still a bomb? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like it's it's really lucky that he happened to randomly check the the bomb, even though there's no indication of why it, it wouldn't randomly disappear. It's not gonna ha- obviously it hasn't blown up yet. Yeah. 
And the, as far as I can tell from later on in the movie, the only thing that the, that's written on the Palm Pilot is active, detonated. That's the only two things that actually come up on it. <laughs> bomb is bomb. Um, <laughs> oh, yep, yep, still a bomb. Good, good. So they cancel, they cancel Storm in the plane because there's a guy, there's a trigger map. You can just press it whenever. So basically the Truman just destroyed the entire terrorist plan. How? By checking the bomb. Therefore, indicating that there's a trigger map. Good point. But it does it does complicate things for our heroes. But yeah, but but now the heroes know what to do. Yeah, it it complicates things in a good way, in a way that means they don't get the bomb, the plane blown up. Because if they'd taken out the terrorists, then the plane yeah. still would have gone there, and he would have still been able to set off the bomb. Yeah, but the plane, but the bomb would have gone off over the water. They're not, they're not past the failsafe point. But yet. they would have killed all the passengers on the plane. That's a good point. So at least they get that. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in America, um, the Secretary of State finds out uh, the bomb maker's name, and we find out what he looks like, and they have no idea if the team is on the plane. So they agree that, right, okay, this is a serious thing. There's a bomb on the plane, so we have to. They decide to release Jaffa, and I believe this is when they send that it's an executive decision. Yeah, or is that shooting down the plane later? No, um, I think that's shooting down the plane later. It's shooting right? down the plane later, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can't if you're drinking if you're playing the drinking game where you can play, drink when they say the name of the thing not yet and only once yeah. in this movie only so. once in this movie <laughs> also if you're an adult human you can just drink whenever you want um oh thanks man <laughs> so we go to Gatwick Airport comma near London no it's in London <laughs> right they say they can't contact Hassan but Hassan has said that he'll call Jaffa once he's in the air and he's free um so he they need he needs to convince Jaffa uh, Hassan sorry to stop. Uh, why does Jaffa have to convince him to stop? Because he's already on the plane, right? He can just do whatever the fuck he likes. Yeah, he's on a plane, but is he on a plane? And uh, does he have police around him? Is he under guard? No, I don't think he is. Like, yeah, can they can they revoke it if it goes sideways? Yeah, so Jaffa just goes there. Uh, yeah, they, they've they've released me. So uh, just continue with the plan because I'm released now. I don't think I don't. Yeah, I don't think that it's Jaffa's plan. This whole bomb thing, because Hassan, because I think he honestly thinks don't. Yeah, don't do this. This is mental. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so he's, he's not. He's not like. He's obviously just not as extreme and a terrorist as. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. Um, that makes sense. Because yeah, no. Because if he does it, like, well, we know now. Like post nine eleven, if you do that kind of shit, you, the country that you come from will get bombed to shit for forever until we kind of get bored and wander off. Is Jeff Jeff? Uh, is he a terrorist or is he like the? He is a terrorist. He's not. He's not like the leader of the country. No, he's not. No, oh, he's yeah. a terrorist. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no. The killing killing that many people seems to be like a, like a step too far for him. So he's like, yeah, no, don't do this. Fair enough. Okay, I, 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 I was wondering about that. And uh, yeah, the, the guy, uh, David Suchet basically says, yeah, fuck it, brilliant, you're free, that's great, but I, you don't, you're not the boss of me. I'm still going to blow the shit out of him. Yeah, but not everyone on his team is on board with the plan. Even, right? his, even his second in command. Yeah. Because his, his entire team all just want to get Jaffa released. Yeah. They think that's the plan, but he's like, "No, no, we're doing this other thing." And they're like, "I'm so excuse me, what? Excuse, we're we're all going to die, what?" And it's then then when the um, 
the the military is like okay like now we have to we might have to shoot this thing down it's an executive decision you can drink now thank you i i have been drinking constantly but so Cappy and Cahill, they're digging deeper into into the bomb, but it's got more fail safes and like lasers and all kinds of shit. Yeah, it turns out to be a decoy. Decoys above decoys. Because because it, it does he, he actually disarms it at one point. He's ah like, oh, brilliant, and they're all celebrating it. Ah oh, great, and then it just decides to like uh, go mental again. Ah oh, fuck, it's a fucking decoy. Yeah, it throws a hissy fit, and then uh, Cappy passes out again. Ah oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, which is helpful. So the fighter planes turn up and say, "Right, you have to, you have to fucking land." Um, and the fighter planes drop back to take the shot, and the pilot hesitates. But luckily, they is start it... doing Morse code through the tail lights. Was it, it Wong who did the, the Morse code? No, it's Baker and Baker and what's his name, um, Grant. Okay, because they give like a coded message back saying, "Yeah, okay, well, you've got like an hour left or something like that." Baker goes, uh, he makes like a backhanded compliment about no, 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 no. Well, he's he, he sent so Baker sends a message for, via uh Morse code which says uh yeah. Alpha One, um, 10 minutes or something like that, and they're like, okay, Alpha One, oh, that's the that's the fucking mission's code name, 10 minutes, yeah, that the team must have made it on board, and they need 10 minutes more, okay, and then they have a little argument, Should, like, can we really believe this? and and then they go, okay, fine, we'll get... Yeah, because yeah, because the, the line is like seven minutes away. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. I think they were already over the line. They're like, can we wait ten minutes? Like, if they're on board, then we've got a chance, we'll do it. And then, um, yeah. yeah, the guy gives a really back, backhanded compliment saying, uh, bloody hell, uh, I, I take back all the, the random shit I said about these people. They actually understand more About code. these di- dirty squabbies or something dirty like squabbies, that? Dirty squabbies, yeah. It's like a bit harsh. <laughs> the guy who plays him, Baker... He was in Top Gun. How was he? Like a couple of years before. So he was a Navy pilot in that film. <laughs> thing is, they've got this plan to do to do this. They said, right, we need 10 minutes to do this thing. But then Grant just goes rogue and just walks into the main cabin of the plane in a hoodie. Because he, he wanted more time, right? Um, but they could only get, they could only somehow, because, uh, yeah, the Washington calls the, calls the plane tells them that we can only give you 10 minutes. I think Grant wanted more time, and so he kind of panics a bit and says, it's not enough time. I'd better try and take out the trigger man. Like, he finds out the seat number from uh, Halle Berry. Yeah. So he goes up on... He puts on a hoodie and he walks on. When I was thinking that, only thinking of this yesterday. Yeah, because have they clocked all of the passengers? Do they know, like, by face all the passengers? Because it's a double-decker... It's uh well, it's not a double deck. It's a jumbo jet, so there's double deck at the front. Do they know by sight all of the passengers? Because yeah, just put on a hoodie and sneak onto an empty seat. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you could have done that ages ago. And then you like had freedom to walk around, not like freedom, freedom to walk around because there's terrorists and shit, but like like toilet breaks, you would have been able to walk around. That's a fun, That's a really good point. Actually, he didn't even really need Harry Berry to kind of like uh, walk him there and, and hide him from. Yeah, because he could have just walked down like nonchalantly, like a, an actual one of the passengers, just going yeah. back to my seat. <laughs> Hi, terrorists. That's good. Nice, nice guns. Like he could have what well, instead of like pulling out the gun and trying to get like the palm pilot guy. It's not a palm pilot, by the way. Palm pilots are the little like black and white iPads. It's I can't remember the name of them. They're like little tiny um laptopy things. Yeah. But black yeah, and I... white. 
they used to be in the Argos catalog, but he could have been like walking down the aisle and like clocked it and gone, Oh, fucking, I've seen one of them. Can I have a look? Because I was thinking of getting one, like, uh, I don't know, like personal planet, like digital assistant thing. Digital assistant. That's what we call Siri now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he also could have, he could have had just a gun in a, in a, I don't know if he has a house, but he had a gun hidden on him. And if he sees yeah. the guy with the palm pilot, he could have just. But he, he walks down the entire he walks down the entire aisle of the plane with his gun out. Doesn't really matter though because he biffs it completely because it's just some guy. Yeah, with the blow diamonds. Smug, I, I, I don't diamonds. even think it needed to to be like how much fucking shit's going on on this plane. <laughs> <laughs> you got a fucking senator who you got a dirty, a dirty senator who's trying to negotiate his pay into power. You got a fucking diamond smuggler and terrorist and a bomb. What the fuck? fucking short straw on this plane but like it could have been just like it's just a palm pilot it doesn't do anything yeah it could could have been a palm pilot it's not the bomb one (laughs) yeah right (laughs) because it's like mid 90s these were in the argos catalog they were about 250 quid anyway so he biffs it it's not him so yeah and he's pulled a gun out and he's threatened a guy on a plane um so everyone's fucking screaming and so he has to quickly have a look around, and then he immediately spots, as if he's singled out by spotlight. Is it, what, the guy from the photo earlier? No, the the reason the reason, uh, and I'm probably wrong, yeah. But it is playing right now, in the in my silent version of the movie. He's looking around. No one is looking at him except for one person. It's that guy. But he, like the way the way he's, but the way he's looking at him, like this is the worst secret trigger man ever. Who you should probably yeah. try and conceal himself. But he's looking at him with a shocked expression of, and like, like hate filled eyes, shocked. That guy's got a gun. He's obviously like really obviously staring at him in that kind of way. Mm. That's that's way. And then, and then even even the camera like pans on his face like. Vroom. Yeah, <laughs> I've got I've got I've got a note about extreme close ups later. Um... <laughs> Uh, it's at this point that Grant just fucking dives for this guy, shoots the seat in front of him. He, he clambers a... over about three hills a season. Yeah, I think this is the point that the air marshal decides to do something. He shoots one guy, then gets shot by another person almost immediately. Does, I, I, I'm not sure, but does it, when it, the guy shoots, does he save Grant's life? He saves one of the one of the team's life by killing a terrorist. Yeah. So he picked he picked his moment pretty well. Good air he picks his moment pretty well. I don't think he dies. He's, I think he's at the end as well. Like yeah, he's all benched up at the end. Yeah, um, and then one of my favorite parts of the parts of the entire movie happens very soon. Continue. Grant wrestles with the Palm Pilot guy for the Palm Pilot. This is my and favorite. Grant, part. Grant gets his foot like stuck in a bin or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but my my favorite my favorite part is like um, they're, they're both eight, like reaching for the Palm Pilot. And they have like a little finger. They have like a finger wrestle. Yeah, they have a little. It's the, it's the, only, it's the only thing you can do to stop. <laughs> I hadn't. I hadn't written that down. But yeah, no, they do. They do, don't they? They have a little. It's finger fucking wrestle. genius. It's such a good scene. Dramatic zoom into an enter key. <laughs> like dramatic zoom into into like into the the palm pilot saying uh, active bomb, and then into the guy's face going. Like strenuous, I'm trying really hard with my fi- with my finger fighting, and then right into Kurt Russell's face, strenuous face, brilliant. The finger fighter thing over the palm pilot, and his foot is stuck in a bin for some reason. <laughs> but after that, he just gets up. Yeah, 
Well, because 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 the the dangerous moments passed, so he doesn't need to have his foot stuck in a bin anymore. <laughs> BD Wong, he shoots a terrorist. The terrorist dies, but the terrorist shoots his machine gun whilst dying, which blows a hole in the airplane. Before that, and the terrorist, uh, the, the yeah. trigger guy actually manages to press the button. Yes, he presses the button, but Cahill gets his straw in just at the very the last machine. second. Which stops them, uh, stops it detonating properly. Always like that bit. That's a good bit. Yeah, and then and then and then the terrorist dies, and everyone goes flying. Brilliant scene of two people flying out the side of the plane. Right, it's three people. It's an entire row of seats that gets sucked out of the window. Um, so well done. We saved the plane, except for you three. Um, uh, tough luck. Um, and and also like the the bombs a bit. Uh, Dodgy. The straw's the straw's not fully in. It's like uh because of the turbulence. Yeah. The straw's gonna fall out. Hassan on the top deck. Hassan um gets confronted by Rat. He shoots Rat and then he has like a confrontation with Grant, but Grant's not brought a gun because he's an idiot. But didn't he have a gun? I I don't think he has a gun. Well, he, well I mean he had a gun before. He had the one with the yeah, sun as a what yeah, did no, it... but he was because he was finger fighting. Oh. <laughs> Never bring a finger to a gunfight. Never bring a gun to a finger fight? No, always bring a gun to a finger fight because you'll win. Never bring a finger to a gunfight. I see you've played finger, finger, gun before. So, I mean, obviously, this is the dramatic conclusion of the movie, right? Obviously. Continue. Yeah, a whole bunch of mad shit happens at this uh, at this point. Rat shoots Hassan, but he waits conveniently for Hassan to shoot wildly into the cockpit first. Yeah, and killing both of the pilots. So, but, but, but first, first uh, Oliver Platt secures the bomb, so therefore the entire movie's finished at credits roll. But then Hassan is alive. So ah, uh. after after the pilots die, the plane begins to dive. Or oh, after the hole is blown in the side, there's a bit of turbulence, and then the straw is about to fall out. And if the straw falls out of the bomb, the two metal cylinders touch, two metal cones touch, and then the bomb is detonated. So they have to push it in. But I would argue this plane fucking crash lands later and all kinds of shit is thrown over all over the place. It shows the bomb like flipping over and shit on top of Cappy. But he but he put he put the straw an extra millimeter in further, so it's secure now. All right. So, uh, yeah, no. OK, I, 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 I stand corrected. But I'm also sat down, so I see it corrected also. Um, no, that fucking thing should have blown up. But the straw. So now we have our main character who has to land a plane. Luckily, there was a scene right at the beginning where he was learning to fly a plane. Oh, fuck, I remember that. <laughs> he also biffs the first landing at the airport that he's Actually, this is, I, I love the fact that it's, he doesn't just land a plane. That he, yeah. A, does again, forgets... Lots of things. Ah, oh, fuck. Ah, uh, the landing gear. Ah, oh, fuck. And it, like Halle Berry has to help with the instructions. I like the fact that I like the with this one. I like the fact that the gunfire has damaged most of the screens. Yeah. So the lot of the screens are down. There's a lot of alarms going off, but the alarms don't say anything. So as soon as he finishes, he he solves one problem. Another alarm goes off. He's like, what the all fuck? of the screens are down, so he can't really, really do anything. The one thing that I do know, because I've watched, um, I've watched. There's a, a YouTube channel called Mentor Pilot, where this guy who's a natural pilot, he goes, 
He goes through air disasters and stuff like that. Grant asks Halle Berry to get a file off the wall, look up the instructions on how to land, like the the speed and the flaps and all that all that kind of things that you need. I know from watching that YouTube channel that that information is written. There's a piece of paper on the the stalk, the the central control column. Oh, really? There's a piece of paper that has the specific information for the airport that you're landing at. Oh. For flaps and airspeed and all, and like the... the Velocity and stuff. And... Yeah, velocity, the signal points, the, the, the traffic markers that you're supposed to pass over at, at certain points, and how steep of attack and all that, angle, angle of attack and all that kind of stuff. That's sell it, That's on that a little tiny clipboard that's in the center of the steering column. Which is a really good idea, because if you have to flip through that massive fucking folder every time... And it shows while he's flying. It shows a a, a close up of him wrestling with the steering column, and it's got that little piece of paper stuck to it. It's okay. So he could have just read it off of that. Yeah, but he he doesn't know it's written there. He doesn't know that. He um, could have if he if he just paid a bit more attention. Yeah, but he was panicking because yeah because that's because it's the airport that the plane was originally. A, going to so that piece of paper has always been attached to that to the steering column because it's not going anywhere else yeah although 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 when he bits the landing he ends up going to the other the next one he tries again is the the other so that wouldn't have the information then they would have had to use the massive book then they would have to use the massive book yes but the first time not so much I do like the fact that he does biff the landing, and then they're like all the all the emergency crews like come out onto the airfield, and then they just look up and just watch this. What the thing fuck are they doing? But yeah, he goes to a small local airport. This is second small local airport that we've gone to landing commercial airliners. This is a jumbo jet though; it's bigger than passenger fifty sevens. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, I don't think his airport would have been able to. Except a jumbo jet going. Wait, oh no! That... Well, it does go over. Yeah, no, I'll shut it, up. It, it, it doesn't. He ends up destroying the entire runway, all of the planes that are parked there, and then ends up crashing into a sandbank. Yeah, no, I, I was halfway through the <laughs> sentence before realizing. Oh yeah, no, he does fuck it up. Um, okay, the engines don't. He hits a bunch of planes, and the engines fall off, and it causes fire and all all, all kinds of stuff. I was a bit I was a bit surprised though. As he's mowing through all of those airplanes on the runway, he, he like, like the wing doesn't fall off, or or the airplane explode, or the petrol in the airplane ignite, or the bomb, that's, yeah, or the straw between the two cones doesn't fall out, or you know, yeah, something. Yeah, the, the straw doesn't fall out. Yeah, I'm going to go with this main. The straw doesn't fall out, but the sandbank right at the end. Yeah, where the plane just fucking hits dead on. I think it should have should have blown up at that point. I know that that kind of ruins the point of the film. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that would have been literally the worst case scenario because it would have been, the bomb would have gone off exactly where the terrorists wanted to. <laughs> but also, also the the runway they actually land on. I don't know if this is stupid or not, but what well, he's he's put on the brakes to 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 stop the plane, and it's just the runway is muddy and and wet and. It's like, isn't it supposed to be like tarmac? Why is it? It's like it's like he's landing on a, on a on a country country little park. I suppose. So. I mean, they don't talk about what the weather is like, but you are right. It's covered in mud because it fl- splashes on the rest of the plane, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, water. Fair enough. Why is it muddy? This is the runway. I don't know. 
but yeah, no, I've seen videos about uh, about that where planes crash because they it's uh, aquaplaning. What's aquaplaning is where there's a thin sheet of like if it's been raining or something at the destination airport a thin sheet of water remains between the wheels and the ground yeah um so that technically the plane isn't touching the ground it's just touching water so it can't stop properly oh so it just keeps going right off the runway yeah, it keeps going right off the runway. It's very rare. That's a lot of times why tires have grooves and shit to stop that from happening. But um, yeah, it still happens. So yeah, anyway, I think this thing should have blown up. Um, but no, everyone's safe. They all get off, and then uh, he tries his hockey line again. And she hates hockey. She hates hockey. She's a baseball fan. So yeah, that's that's the end of the film. Credits. Yep, it could have been at the end of the film. The film about three ends of the films earlier. Yeah. Uh, is there anything? Is there anything that we haven't mentioned? No, I think that that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty much everything. Pretty, pretty thorough. We were very thorough for um, Passenger Fifty Seven, by the way. I think it was my five, uh, six pages of notes. I tried to rein it back on this one, but passion for this film equaled out because I fucking love this film. It's a great movie. And yeah, there there are some really absurd moments, but one of my favorite things is that Steven Seagal dies. <laughs> <laughs> It is one of the most obvious, obvious examples of saying the name of the movie in the movie. Yeah. Has there been any like film? There's not like post nine eleven. We like we mentioned the fact that like Red Eye is made post nine eleven days, but we don't really get films like this anymore, do they? I know there's a um, what's it called? Um, I know there's a Liam Neeson fight stuff on a plane film. But it's not quite the same. Uh, what's that film with Jodie Foster, like Flight Plan or something like that? Maybe, uh, maybe I don't know. If there, I know Flight Plan is a movie. I don't know if it's the Jodie Foster one. Maybe it is. Yeah, but yeah, it doesn't come up often. These kind of these kind of films. So it's a nice little throw throwback. A time when it was real easy to get on planes with guns that you just kind of had to take apart, but not separate. The pipes because like, like, you, you get some some I can't remember what movie it is where the, the only way they could smuggle a pipe gun on a plane was to make it out of like a out of a 3D printer into plastic or ceramics yeah. and it's like in at this time did they not have metals metal detectors? I don't, uh, I don't know because they were they had those metal detectors like in a shopping mall in uh passenger fifty seven, which was made before this. Exactly. No, well, this this was made before. Oh no, no, you're right, yeah. So yeah, what... 92, I want to say, 92. So how, how did they get the definitely metal guns through the present? Yeah, right. Unless there's an inside guy who is Tom Sizemore. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, is there anything anything? Oh, what uh what, what how many points uh what 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 score would you give this? So uh IMDB and Rotten Tomatoes was around six five or something, wasn't it? Six five, yeah, six five, six three. De- definitely too low. Yeah. Again, 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 it's not like a masterpiece work of art, so I'm not going to give it ten out of ten, obviously. But I, I'd be close to to eight, to be honest. It's it's a good movie, and yeah, there's some, there are some absurd absurd like parts of it, but not not in a bad way, even like yeah. a per- per- perfectly like a feasible. Bit, bit odd, but 
feasible at least. And they don't and they don't fuck up the not ending the movie. And they they have so many surprise endings, but they do it in a tasteful way. Like Kurt Russell actually doesn't just land the plane like, like a hero. He fucks it up completely and just like just manages to, to do it. Like if this actually happened and he and he had to land a plane and he was successful, the only way that would end is to almost destroy everything. But just by good chance managed to survive it, and that's what they did. And Steven Seagal and, and Steven Seagal died. Are you going for eight then? I might even go a bit higher. No, I'm just uh, eight. Eight. I'm going to stick at eight as well. Um, it's fully, fully. I understand what this film is, and I, I, I appreciate and love the shit out of it. I'm going to go eight, and the minute it gets below twenty, I'm not paying twenty pounds for a fucking Blu-ray of this. If it drops to, and I'm not buying the fucking Steven Seagal box set, even for one pound. But uh, uh, Carl, where can people find you if they so wish to? Um, Colin on Instagram, or just my name, Colin Gerard on Facebook. But I, I wouldn't recommend it. I'm fairly boring. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, on the other hand, I'm interesting as fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at TBA underscore tweets um, uh, and YouTube and um, TikTok at variations of the phrase The Badger's Apprentice. Um, with or without the the. With, with or without the the. All right. I'll see you next time, motherfuckers. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>